one is reluctantly sponsored by Medaclite Air Scrubbers, proudly recycling the same units, regardless of risk. Monsoon Jackson, Series 1. Episode 1, Do Not Justice. It was better working freelance, freed from the shackles of procedure and accountability. Monsoon Jackson holstered his beloved sidearm Mary Jane, smoke still rising from the muzzle. I said, don't move. In front of Monsoon, the unfortunate suspect was slumped against the wall, trying to stem the flow of blood. The undarkened trader hissed back at him. I'll sue, you shot my best arm off. Monsoon crouched down, drew close and eyeballed him. You've another five left. For now. The fight left the trader. He decided that preservation of life was his best option. Monsoon smiled. He knew that look well. So, let's try this again. What portal will the shipment be arriving through? The trader tried to pull away. Monsoon always assumed this was from fear, and not, as was often the case, the stench of his favourite street market mandary fish curry. I told you, I don't know. What the young Philian traders choose to sell is none of my business. In a single fluid motion, Monsoon pulled Mary Jane from her holster and shot another arm off. The trader held the scream, though was betrayed as his breathing and perspiration increased. Four left. Then we move on to the legs. Does it hurt much as they grow back? The trader looked down at his tentacles and surreptitiously rolled the one containing his genitals to the back. You need to speak with Lisa Tors. She deals with the Philians. With practice skill, Monsoon moved Mary Jane down to rest on the cherished tentacle. Okay, okay. I heard they're using the Aprina portal. They must be crazy. He wasn't wrong. The Aprina portal was, at best, unstable, and at worst, would tear apart everything in the room. And that was assuming the reinforced chamber was still intact. If that had failed well, not at all good. It should have been permanently switched off years ago, but the council had to fill in all the right pieces of paper, in order which would take an age. Monsoon had attended a few failed transits. Trying to identify bodies from the sludge left behind was an unforgiving task, and much to his annoyance, always put him off soup for weeks. Monsoon stood up and put Mary Jane away snug in her holster. Thank you for your assistance. I'm sure I don't need to emphasise how important it is for you to say nothing about this investigation. The trader nodded, aware enough of Monsoon's reputation to be convinced of the long-term health benefits of keeping quiet. Monsoon walked off down into the maintenance corridor, genuinely surprised how clean and well-kept it was. He reached the secure gate, pushed the sweet spot that bypassed the security lock, and stepped out into the brash light and chaos of the Eddian shopping centre. Lisa Tor stood up, then leant forward onto the unnecessarily expensive conference table. So, we all agree with my view then? 
The survivors nodded enthusiastically while looking round nervously at their recently deceased business partners. Their corpses were staining the plush white leather chairs, which was helping focus the survivors on making the right decision. Lisa smiled and stood up. Good. I think it's important we have these meetings to make sure we're all pulling in the same direction. Lisa tapped the side of her neck. Sharma, make a note. We can use the smaller conference room next month. Also, can you call the cleaners? This room needs refreshing. No one had moved. Lisa raised her arms to encourage them. As one, they got up and silently hurried out of the room. Lisa looked around at those left behind. She spoke idly to herself. Maybe it's me. Do I not make my strategy clear enough? She tapped her neck again. Sharma, can you pull together a welcome pack outlining my approach to meeting protocol? There was a pause while Lisa tilted her head, listening to Sharma's response. No, a one paper would be fine. Just bullet points. She laughed at how apposite the phrase was and tapped her neck again to end the call. Lisa walked out while her droid quickly picked up the meeting tablets and shoved them into their chest drawer. Lisa turned round. Oh no, shred those. I recorded everything. The droid blinked and grinding was heard from inside. Briefly, a fire raged in their upper chest window before the droid deposited a small tray of ash into a nearby disposal chute. The droid quickly scuttled out after her, well aware of what happened to their predecessor when it fell behind. Monsoon idly turned around yet another scented candle, while the shop assistant kept a distrustful eye on him. Monsoon couldn't understand what the attraction was, and yet his partner always seemed to appreciate them. They smell just like wax. This was Monsoon's standard reply, regardless of how imaginatively the scent had been described. It's like potpourri for Pyros. This always made his partner, Elijah, smile. Elijah had been in Monsoon's life forever. Monsoon had known the first time they met, but it took several disastrous relationships to finally convince him. Since then, they'd settled into a comfortable existence on Megaclite. Their relationship worked mainly because Elijah never asked too many questions about what Monsoon had to do for his career. Elijah knew his work was far easier. He worked as a travel guardian at Megaclite's internal transport hub. Monsoon knew he came from a rich family, but Elijah had wanted to make a life of his own. His mother was something big in the city, but other than that, Elijah had no interest in talking about it. And Monsoon had no desire to make him uncomfortable. Anyway, Elijah loved his job, even when people were lost in transit. It wasn't often and the compensation to the family was more than enough, but Elijah still dreamed of the day it would be 100% safe. The only occasion that had genuinely troubled Elijah was a few years ago. Monsoon had been inquiring about a frequent tuber, the name given to those using second class, and then one day he was lost during a simple transit. Of course, it was a coincidence, a statistic. Of course it was. And yet, and yet it still bothered Elijah. Monsoon finally chose a candle variety pack, just like every other time he tried to be different. Monsoon once again worried this suggested a lack of knowing Elijah better. Fortunately, Elijah was kind and always made Monsoon's skipped seem like exactly what he wanted. Monsoon loved that about him, more than the fact he had no ghost to haunt him. He always slept soundly while Monsoon lay awake watching him. Elijah's calm sleep made Monsoon feel at peace. That peace was only ever temporary. The monsters were always close. 
lurking in the shadows of his memories. Monsoon paid for the candles, firmly resisting the wrapping service that cost more than the product. He went out into the hustle of the shopping arcade and placed the candles into one of the gift transit pods. He entered his unique home address code. A calm female voice repeated the code. It was wrong. Of course it was wrong. The postal service were forever cutting corners. Why provide quality products that work when cheap products that sometimes work would be good enough for the general masses? What did they matter? Monsoon re-entered the code, stabbing the console hard. This time, the voice confirmed the correct sequence. He selected the cheapest no-tracking, no-guarantee, no-insurance, no-refunds delivery option, which was always the hardest one to find in the menu. An outrageous delivery cost flashed up. Monsoon sighed and tapped to confirm. The door slid shut and the gift vanished in a brief puff of light and vacuum. That annoyed Monsoon immensely that so many shops still refused to provide their own courtesy transit pods. They always claimed the insurance against lost gifts made it too costly. But Monsoon knew people in maintenance. They'd explained it was the service cost shops didn't want. A poorly maintained transit pod could send a gift to almost anywhere and even, sometimes on the earlier models, into anyone. Monsoon made his way to the exit. The clear, multi-domed environment stretched out to the horizon. Several years ago, the council had attempted to introduce artificial skies. The outcry had been positively deafening. Marts had the largest population on Enceladus. Marts hated the name Martian and, these days, it was considered racist. Their majority led the council to project a Mart sky onto the domes. It took minutes before the emoans came flooding in from dupes, sats, fens, neps, mercs and a whole host of other settlers outraged at Marts getting their sky. In response, the council tried to cycle the skies to accommodate everyone. That backfired very badly. The council were plunged into countless PR disasters around insulting the Venn's religious times, the Sat's remembrance periods, or the Urin's aversion to certain colours. Eventually, the project was abandoned, and everyone went back to ignoring the black emptiness above. Monsoon walked up the travelator and grabbed one of the passing handles. It was only a matter of time before the travelators were removed, but until that day, he'd remain a devotee. Despite Elijah's endless recommendations that he buy a tuber, or even a posh slider transit pass, Monsoon held out. He did not feel it was unreasonable to want to arrive unbroken and intact every time he travelled. Monsoon let go of the handle and slowed on the exit off-ramp. He was stood on the edge of the business district, the coldness and cruelty of the architecture was a reminder to visitors of how welcome they were here. Monsoon slid his fingers along the soft screen embedded into his left forearm, looking up directions to Tor's Towers. He knew Lisa spent her downtime there. The screen beeped and his route virtually projected out from the small camera embedded next to his left eye. It was old kit, but reliable. Elijah had the upgraded subsurface implant, but to Monsoon that seemed suspicious. How could you know someone if they kept all their tech hidden under the surface? It wasn't paranoia. Monsoon remained confident that he wouldn't be the last detective to take down a rogue droid. It was a short walk to Tor's Towers, a hideously decorated building bathed in gold that clearly demonstrated how little the owner really thought of themselves. Monsoon walked in and toward reception. He was swiftly intercepted and greeted by an enthusiastic welcome droid. 
In his day, they'd have been called muscle, but it was all PR and shiny shiny these days. Thank you for visiting Doors Towers. How may I assist you today? Monsoon tensed up. He was aware his instinct to shoot the droid wouldn't help, and yet it remained a tempting option. If you could explain the nature of your visit, I'd be more than ever happy to provide an adequate response. The responses still needed work, even after all these years. Monsoon tried to sidestep towards the reception desk, but the droid simply rolled around him. Monsoon sighed. Okay, I'm here to see Lisa Tors. No, I don't have an appointment, and no, I won't need to make one. The welcome droid took a moment to process Monsoon stepping through his primary responses. It may have been Monsoon's imagination, but the droid's tone now sounded curt. I'm afraid you will need to make an appointment. Miss Tors is extremely busy and unable to see people without one. Monsoon tried to move again, but the droid immediately countered, continuing to block his path. Monsoon had reached his tolerance. He pulled out a homemade device and attached it to the droid. The droid began to whirl around the room, out of control. It was similar to watching someone who always thought they could dance, but this was their first time actually trying. In an unfortunate arc, the droid hit the edge of the water feature with some force and toppled in. There was a brief shower of sparks before the droid stopped moving. Monsoon used this distraction to move towards reception. This time, however, a new and considerably larger droid moved towards him. Instinctively, his hand rested on Mary Jane, ready to clearly explain his need to speak with Lisa Tors now. Monsoon Jackson, follow me. Much to his surprise, the droid had a female voice he was sure he recognised. The Avatar droid conveyed Monsoon to the Ascension Chamber. Of course, Lisa couldn't just have a lift like everyone else. The Avatar droid made a point of blocking the control panel from view before it swiped a sequence onto the screen. It was as if they knew Monsoon's moves, which annoyed him. The chamber moved them both up at speed, then inside and across in one unpleasant fluid motion. Monsoon stepped out in a large hall covered in pictures of Lisa Tors, but this was nothing to the amount of gold and jewels used to decorate the furniture. Wow, somebody really needs a hug. Monsoon made his way deeper into the room, idly stroking the opulent furniture. He was conscious the Avatar droid had remained in the chamber. He was also aware it had ceased to function just as they had arrived, and was now merely an effective barrier to using the Ascension Chamber. Monsoon slipped a micro-listening device into his hand as he leant over the table. He was just about to press the device under the table when Lisa abruptly entered the room. I wouldn't bother. The room is swept many times every single day. Monsoon tried to mask his reaction as he pulled the device back, then deposited it into a pocket. You realise everything is watched in here, right? She smiled a deliberately aggravating grin and held out her upper left arm for Monsoon to greet. Monsoon declined the gesture. Well, at least it's nice to finally meet in person. There was something loaded in that statement. In person? Oh, come now. We just shared a chamber together. Monsoon smiled. She'd been using the Avatar droid. He mentally reviewed the trip to assess if the droid may have planted a device on him. Don't worry, you are perfectly unbugged. I wouldn't waste my money or energy on something so unimportant. So much insight and insult crowded into one sentence. In some ways, he had to admire her, though 
not as much as he wanted to shoot her. You know why I'm here then? I expect so, but I'm not doing the work. Monsoon dragged one of the chairs out from under the table, deliberately making a groove on the highly polished floor. He then sat down and threw his boots up onto the mirrored tabled surface. The metal boot cap scratched lines across it as he settled himself down. The Aprina portal. Lisa Tors elegantly sat herself down and poured a clear liquid into a glass. Monsoon noticed the bottle was Merck Moonshine. Utterly illegal, but then what else did he expect from her? She dropped a small pill into the glass. The liquid went black for a moment and then clear again. I imagine people trying to poison you is more a competition than a risk. Lisa smiled and downed the liquid in one. Her tone was a perfect expression of how bored she was of him already. What do you want? It's come to my attention you're using the Aprina portal to assist Philian traders. Was it a credible source? She produced a small handset and brushed her fingers over it. On the large wall screen, a picture of the Indarkan trader Monsoon had interrogated earlier appeared. He was definitely dead. Even Indarkans couldn't grow back their head. Apparently credible enough. Lisa smiled at this reaction. We're done here. She stood up and waved Monsoon towards the chamber. You realise, of course, I'll just alert the authorities to the use of the Aprina portal. How much business would that lose you? Lisa stopped and turned round. But you won't, will you? I mean, if you did, how would you be able to keep that shipment for yourself? This stopped Monsoon dead in his tracks. It took a lot to achieve that. How much did she know and, more importantly, how the hell did she know? Oh, you thought that was a big secret. You thought leaving the force meant you'd keep things to yourself? Lisa leant down on the table, staring straight at him. Oh dear, you poor thing, you really believe you're alive because you're so important. You're just a plaything, to amuse. Being dead would be nothing. The look of surprise on her face as Mary Jane let rip, punching a hole through her chest, was rewarding. Let's see how you like it. Lisa wasn't that clever, letting him keep his weapons. Monsoon then noticed the cabling and fluid spewing out from the hole. Without breaking stride, Monsoon span up and shot the Avatar droid, blowing it into pieces. Alarms started to ring. The sensors may not pick up gunfire in the maintenance tunnels, but it damn well would in the business district. The use of firearms by civilians was strictly forbidden by the council. Not so much out of wanting to ensure their safety, more to stop them from shooting each other due to stupidity and or alcohol, than clogging up the limited health and funeral slots. The eyes of what Monsoon now knew to be a proxy droid began to blink. That meant only one thing in his experience. Monsoon ran towards the window, hurling a few caltrops ahead of him. As they hit the glass, they exploded. The explosion coupled with the height sucked the glass nearby objects and Monsoon out of the building. Monsoon rolled around fighting to level off. Above him, the entire floor exploded in a ball of flame. He knew he'd be blamed for that as well. Monsoon had underestimated Lisa Tors. By a lot. He tapped the side of his neck. A voicemail message played. Probably at work. Leave a message. Monsoon cursed, but covered his neck as best he could to dampen the rushing wind noise. Elijah, don't call back. Don't ask questions. Don't tell anyone. Like we discussed, go to the place. Go now. Follow every instruction like we practiced. I'll be with you soon as I can. Monsoon was now fully aware just how powerful Lisa Tors was. He thought she was just a wannabe gangster. 
but she was clever. Damn, she was clever. As Monsoon continued to fall, he noticed the billboards flashing up news of the explosion, alongside pictures of his face. He was shown entering the building, attacking the droid and shooting Lisa Tors. Conveniently, the footage cut out at the shot. No one else had seen it, she was simply a proxy droid. What the hell had Monsoon got himself into? The ground was coming up fast. He was going to hate this. Really, really hate this. His legs would take the fall, but they were already failing him. He pulled a small container from his belt, hurriedly opened it and took out something decidedly medical. Monsoon drove the needlepoint into his arm and held on. The chemicals coursed through his skin, quickly changing his appearance and molecular makeup. This was old and, unsurprisingly, banned technology. Known as moleskins, they had originally been developed for spying and infiltration. But that was long ago, before everyone sat around remotely hacking each other instead. Nonetheless, they were banned and the chemicals needed controlled, for as much as the resident trading standards cared to check. In fact, the ban was not so much for how it could be misused by criminals, but by how much damage it could do in the human body. The chemicals entering Monsoon's system would stay there long after he changed back. They could be passed on on a genetic level, causing all sorts of horrendous life-limiting illnesses. More importantly, they would eventually cost the council money. This was not something they were prepared to tolerate. Monsoon screamed as his face, hair colour and general muscular demeanour warped. It wasn't perfect. Scanners could still identify him, but it was the best he had. The pain was jarred from him as his legs hit the ground. They weren't designed for that kind of drop. He gritted everything as hard as he could, then ran as fast as his damaged body would allow him. He was away into the side streets just as the solar force arrived on the scene. Wreckage from the explosion began to strike the ground. Bejeweled pieces of furniture followed by burning paintings of Lisa Tors landed giving the rapidly arriving news drones the best footage possible. Monsoon kept moving into the darkness. He needed time to think, to review, to reflect on how his stupid ego had got him here and how, once again, his intellect would have to repair things. He was in a lot of pain. But he carried on. The pain was emanating as white light, blinding him, slowing him down. If he could just make it to the maintenance tunnels, maybe he'd stand a chance of sorting this out. You have been listening to Monsoon Jackson, created and written by Andy Case for Leet Motif Productions Limited. The narrator, Monsoon Jackson, was voiced by Cameron K. McEwen. Other characters were voiced by Michelle Duncan. Cameron K. McEwen. The adverts were voiced by Heather Dent Cowan. The story, all names, characters and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. Copyright 2018.